This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Durant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> you're Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> Good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go to you. So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anas Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say to that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anas Cantor, and you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We are a part of DailyThunder.com and also Almighty Baller Radio. You can find us on Dash Radio on Saturdays. And with me today, the OG DTD, Carson Cunningham. Carson, what's up? It is good to be back, Andrew. I thought you had forgotten about me. Oh, stop. (laughs) I never forget about you, dude. Uh, I've told this story a few times, but Carson is one of the reasons that this ball got rolling at all. So shout out to Carson. If you look at our iTunes feed, if you can go all the way back to episode 12, Carson <laughs> is there. It was the first, I think it was the first one that was on iTunes. So, uh, wow. Yeah. That's an honor. It's kind of crazy. Uh, I think John Ham is kind of uh, overtaken me for the most popular ham that you have on the podcast. I he's, think he, he's got he, some ham. He, he, I'm, if I'm an OG, he's like the, the new G on the block. He he dominates the podcast these days. But I enjoy listening, and uh, it's good to be back with you. You guys do a great job, and it's not because of me that you're on Daily Thunder and uh, Almighty Baller. It's because you guys are consistent, and you're you're great at what you do. So Thanks, you, you've earned it. I appreciate that. So uh, you just left Sam Presti's uh, season-end press conference, and we talked a little bit about this before – uh, he said a lot. He used a lot of words without really saying much. He said things like continuity going forward this season will be important. It's like, what is what does that mean? Does that mean he's not going to go after anybody? Does that mean I, I don't know what that means? Um, is there anything that you took away from today? A couple things, but but first, as you mentioned, today was like an all time record of Sam speaking for a long period of time. I think he went over an hour, mm-hmm. and he still did not say really anything of note, which is truly, truly a skill and, and an art and how he, he's able to avoid most questions. And I kind of enter every Sam Presti conference the exact same. Like I'm interested to hear what he says. And then after like the 30 minute mark, I just start to kind of zone out. I get cramped that we're in this tiny little room like sardines. And then I'm just, I'm ready to go. Cause I know Sam's not going to tip his hand. And, and to be honest, like there's not a, lot, a whole lot he can say. Right. He can't come out and say, yes, we're trading in his canter. Get ready. Yeah. <laughs> Give me call GMs. I'm not having shooting threes, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. But mm-hmm. he can't sit here and say, yeah, Russell and I have talked. As soon as July 1st hits, we're going to sign a new extension. So I, I get that there's not a lot he can say. It's just it's sometimes like pulling teeth, listening to the talk without saying anything, which is I'm used to it by now. None of it was really surprising. But there were a few things that, that stood out. Uh, obviously, to me um, – the Ennis Cantor thing, it sounded as if uh, Sam was making the pitch that he'll make to other GMs about him. Like he just right. was gushing <laughs> about Ennis. He was. He, he was spouting off, you know, 33 points per 100 possessions. Uh, I think he, once he learns how to shoot a three, he'll be unguardable. Uh, it was – I was interested to hear him talk so much about Ennis Cantor. That was, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, he, he failed to mention how many minutes he played in the playoffs. 
Um, but he did mention that he would be an offensive force. Uh, I think you're right. I think the Thunder would like to deal him, and and why not? If you can't play him against certain teams, then it, it's tough to have him on your roster, especially when you have all these bigs making all this money, and they will probably go after Todd Gibson. I don't know how hard they will, but uh, there's there's a lot of big men that deserve minutes, and it, it's tough to invest as much money as they are. Uh, in that in that one position, one thing that's unlike Ennis Cantor and that it has undisputed value is Chicken Express. Right now, when talking about undisputed value, you can get this value from Chicken Express: fifteen tenders, eight bone-in, and ten biscuits or rolls for twenty bucks. That feeds a ton of people, and it's only twenty bucks. You can also add a side for additional costs. You can get mac and cheese. You can get fries. You can get corn on the cob. All great values, all great sides. Chicken Express is all around Oklahoma City. You can go to Dallas area for Chicken Express. You can find them kind of all over the Oklahoma area. Please go check out Chicken Express this week. It's a delicious, delicious place. Great values. And check out that deal of the month. Yeah, and that's kind of the elephant in the room. I mean, Sam actually said they were, they played small. They were ranked like 13th in the league as far as playing small lineups, which I thought was a, a shocking stat mm-hmm. considering how many big guys they have. And and that's the problem Sam has on this roster. He has too many bigs to, in order to play small. And obviously, if they if they were 13th in the league, that's something they would like to do. And obviously, we all know that's where the NBA is right now. Mm-hmm. You have to do that. So he just has a roster that's very... Uh, antiquated, I would say. Obviously, it was built around Kevin and Russ, not just Russ. So that's a big problem. But but two, he also has invested in, in bigs, which the rest of the league's not doing. And and look, we we can talk about roster building and all that, but you know the Warriors, no one's going to beat the Warriors. So I no. mean, but the, but the Thunder do have to change with the times if they want to win a first round series. I think that's painfully obvious to Sam. Now he. He also tried to say the reason they lost to the Rockets was turnovers and and rebounding and and fouling. But I think all of us would agree they just don't have enough scoring. And I think that's the major uh, major thing he's going to have to upgrade this offseason. Yeah, they just don't have enough quality wings. I mean, they've and the the wings that they do have that we would consider quality didn't show up. Like Victor Oladipo just did not show up, uh, which was a problem. And I mean, he's right to an extent that those were those were issues. But the real issue was that, that they couldn't survive without when Russell Westbrook was out of the game. I mean, that was their issue. <laughs> those other things yeah. are like minor details when it comes to everything else. But it was just they had no reliable backup ball handler, and that was it. Yeah, and I thought of you when uh, Sam said people were approaching him at the uh, the grocery <laughs> store, telling him how how they need a backup point guard. I envisioned. Some grandma who listens to Down to Dunk saying, "Why are you playing Samaje? Get him out of here!" <laughs> you go, but, grandma. Uh, yeah, that's obviously a huge need—a uh, yeah. backup point guard. But but and I, I want to go back to Ennis real quick, Andrew. Yeah. Like, I think he has value. Obviously, he's an elite uh, scorer. You know, he's a very valuable regular season player. And against certain teams, he just can't play. I just I'm curious what his value is. I don't think anyone knows that. I th- and the crazy thing to me, Andrew, is if the Thunder play the Spurs and Ennis is putting up 20 and 10s, which we all think would probably happen had they played the Spurs, his value like seemingly would be infinitely higher, I guess, to the public. Maybe GMs see through just one playoff series. I don't know. But isn't that fascinating how just Ennis got just a horrible draw with the Rockets? And then if he had played the Spurs, 
his value would be a lot higher right now in the minds of most people. No, you're exactly right. Uh, he, he would be killing David Lee. Or he would have killed David Lee in the first round. The Thunder would have even had a chance just because of the style of play uh, against against the Spurs. I don't know if they would have beaten them, but they would have been well, they would have had probably a, more of like a six game series. Uh, his value is so tough, and one thing that Sam is really good at whenever he makes trades is if he can find two teams that want a player. I mean, that's how he got such a haul with Serge Ibaka. So if he could find two teams. Charlotte and Chicago or whoever that might want in his canter, that's where I think that he can really get a good deal. Uh, mm-hmm. But if he's only got one team or a, teams that are like moderately interested in him, it's it's going to be tough. And I, I think the hardest thing is that there are a lot of other players like this on the market. I think Ennis is better than a lot of these guys, but like Jill Okafor, Vucevic, uh, even Valanciunas could be available this summer. Uh, Greg Monroe will be available. Like those type of guys, they're not hard to get, and you could get Jill Okafor for almost nothing. I know that Jill Okafor is like way worse than Cantor is, but you can get that type of guy on your squad. Al Jefferson could probably be had this summer. So it's just it's hard to know. His, he has age. Certainly makes him a little bit more valuable than some of those guys. He's only 24, and he's getting better. Uh, it's it's. I have no idea. I really have no clue what his value could be. I mean, it, it just takes one. It takes one team to really like him. Uh, but does that exist enough for them to give up something? Because the Thunder can't afford to give away in a scanter. Just, I don't think they can just for like a draft pick. Uh, they need to get a veteran. This team needs veterans. Sam talked about it a lot today, that this is a young team. They're the third youngest team in the league. They have all these young guys. They're going to have all this internal development. That's fine. But if you're going to trade in as Cantor, you've got to get a veteran back in, whether it's to Phoenix or I really like the idea of Nick Batum or somehow to get Gallinari. I don't know. Something like that makes sense, but I, I don't know if he's un, if he is enough on his own to get something like that. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, Andrew. They need more veterans who can win playoff games. Yeah. Like I love Jeremy Grant. I think he's gonna be a good player. He he proved to be very valuable in that Rocket series with how they play. But you need you need some guys with a little more experience to to win those games. And yep. maybe I'm reading too much into one particular situation, but I look at what the the Nuts did with Nurkic and what the Portland got out of Plumley. Mm-hmm. And is that just a, a one-off situation where Nurkic was unhappy because they got Nurkic or Plumley basically netted Nurkic and a first-round pick? Is that is that what the hall yes. was? I mean, that, yeah. Ennis Cantor is light years better than Mason Plumley. Now yeah. I know Plumley has a different skill set and it probably fits better alongside Jokic. That's obviously why they wanted him, mm-hmm. but that raised my eyebrows a little bit as far as what Ennis could possibly fetch in the trade market. Am I reading too much into that that odd situation Nurkic had in Denver? Probably, because Nurkic just wasn't any good before he got to Portland. And it was just an attitude situation. And he's a younger guy, and he had a bad attitude. So like that's red flag number one. Red flag number two is that he really wasn't in good shape this season. I think that, that, that the Nuggets really did like the the situation with Plumley that he was a kind of a high post passing big man in the same mold as Jokic but obviously a lot a lot worse than he is I think it is kind of a one off but they have this a similar situation 
with their wings and that they have too many wings. And Will Barton has already come out and say, I'm not going to sign an extension with you guys. I want to explore free agency. And so they have guys, they have a ton of wings that are good, uh, good scoring wings. Gallinari, Chandler, Will Barton, Gary Harris. They've got all these guys that should be playing 30-plus minutes, but they don't have the enough Thunder, spots. The Thunder sign all those guys? <laughs> I would love Can to they, they just bring all those guys to the Thunder? Just give us at least just give us one. The Thunder could use just one of those guys desperately. Uh, but I think that they're they do have a an issue there and that they don't have enough minutes for these guys and they're gonna have to give up somebody and maybe not get as much back, similar to Nurkic. Uh, but the, all those guys have probably more value than Nurkic does. And the guy that I always think that the Nuggets could use is Andre Robertson. And so I don't know if there's like a potential sign and trade there where they could, you know, sign Robertson and then get back Barton and Chandler. Uh, Cause I think that that would be helpful to both teams. I don't know. Uh, I don't see Cantor helping them. I don't see them really even wanting Cantor with the depth that they have at, at the big man position. I mean, they already have Kenneth Fareed, who's like the, who's a rebounding machine. He can dunk and go for alley-oops and stuff like that. Uh, they already have a big that they can't play all the time in him. So I I would guess that it would be hard to trade him to to Denver. But th- there's other situations. I, I I keep thinking of Charlotte. Charlotte's a team that they had a, an entire defense built around uh, just their perimeter guys, and Al Jefferson was the, the centerpiece there. And they still had a really great defense, and then their offense was a little bit better because they had a little offensive hub there. And I think they – I don't know if they want to replicate that. Maybe they would. Uh, but I look at a team like Charlotte – as a team that might want that. And they have wings that, I mean, Batum is the guy that I target because I think Batum, he checks so many boxes for the Thunder. One, he's a he's a three, and the Thunder desperately want a three. He's also a good passer. He's a good shooter. He can run a pick and roll. He just checks all these boxes, and I think that he'd be fantastic. I don't I don't think it, w- it would take more than Canner to get him, but that's just something I keep coming back to. I've heard you mention this, and it's kind of a dream scenario, isn't it? I mean, that would be just fantastic. And he gets paid a lot of money, though, Andrew. Any near a mat, he's twenty, twenty-two million bucks a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume they could make that work, yeah. salary-wise, if by getting rid of a few pieces. But uh, why would Charlotte want? They just signed him, didn't they? To a you know max deal, five-year deal. Yeah, last summer he's got a he's got a four-year with a player option at the end, and. I don't know. I don't know why they would. Uh, maybe maybe to get more scoring, maybe to – I really don't know. I don't think that they would do that. It would, ha- it would take more. It would be like Cantor plus our pick plus Doug McDermott or plus Jeremy Grant or plus something mm-hmm. else. I mean it would have to be like multiple rotation players to Charlotte in order to get him. I think it would be That'd worth be it. A- That'd be worth it, and I think it'd be a bold move, and uh, I think it'd be an excellent move. They need more guys of his quality, obviously. And and Brian Keating, I break this down at Channel Five like every single day. We're just we're crunching the numbers like Sam probably is, just who they could get. And mm-hmm. a guy we've kind of a, a scenario we've kind of discussed a lot lately is you mentioned Eric Bledsoe and Phoenix, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ennis Cantor can't play against the Rockets in a playoff series. That's well established. The Suns aren't trying to win a championship. They're, try- no. they're trying to make the playoffs. And Ennis <laughs> Cantor can help you do that. And I think Alex Lynn has been a huge disappointment for them. Yeah, uh, They'd much rather pay Ennis Cantor what they're paying Alex Lynn, who I think is a free agent. So, yes. I mean, Eric Bledsoe isn't in their rotation, really. I know he got hurt. Uh, they don't seem too bullish on, on Eric Bledsoe anymore. 
that to me seems like a natural fit. Just those two going separate ways and then making the other, you know, ancillary parts fit uh, via trade or sign and trade or what, however it works numbers wise. I haven't got that too deep into it, but Eric Bledsoe would intrigue me quite a bit. That'd be great. There's, there's a number of guys on Phoenix that interest me. Uh, Jared Dudley's one. Uh, I think that um, TJ Warren's another guy. He's got, I think he's got one year left before his rookie deal is over. Uh, I think he's really good. Even like a guy like Tyler Ulis. I don't know that they give up Tyler Ulis. I think they really like him, uh, but he'd be a he's great good. backup. Uh, so I, I mean, Bledsoe would be great. And Bledsoe was actually the the pick a few years ago that the Thunder they had the rights to him, but they <laughs> traded him to the Clippers for a future first rounder that became Kendrick Perkins. So that's kind of interesting, but it would be, I mean, that would be great because he can come in, he can play next to Russ, he can, uh, he's a he's a bulldog defender if he's your backup point guard. I mean, you're obviously much, much better. Uh, I'd, I'd be all for that. I, th- I think a three would be a better fit overall, but if you can mm-hmm. grab talent like that, if you can swap out um, a guard like that uh, in, a, in a scanter, I mean, that'd be... I mean, the Thunder, the Thunder needs something like that pretty badly. Lincoln Lending understands that not all lenders are created equal. With the most competitive interest rates and highly trained professionals, Lincoln Lending will communicate and accommodate your every need throughout the home buying process. Getting approved has never been easier with Lincoln Lending's new mobile app and website. Download the Lincoln Lending app in the App Store and Google Play Store. Visit our website at www.lincolnok.com or call 799-L-E-N-D to apply today. Lincoln Lending. Not all lenders are created equal. NMLS 398026. Yeah, and it's just, it's hard to, it seems like every scenario we can come up with, there's always a a reason why it wouldn't work salary-wise or whatnot. It's just, it seems to me, Andrew, like the Thunder is in like a hard, tough spot right now with, with limited cap space, uh, limited assets to trade. I know Ines Cantor has some value but even you and you and i are unsure about what his value would be so just it's gonna be fascinating to see what sam is able to do because i think we all can agree they're not bringing back the exact same team you just you can't do that with with russell uh now if russell signs an extension maybe you would be a little more patient but Mm -hmm. i just don't envision them bringing back the same team so there's a lot of ways this can go but uh presty was also asked a lot about andre robertson Mm -hmm. um i'm of the opinion that if you pay a guy like Andre $15 million, you're, you're not winning anything. That's just how I feel, the way his offensive game is. He was obviously sensational against Harden. You can't take that away from him. He even played pretty well offensively against the Rockets. Um, but the thing about it is, I think in much of the way that, that Cantor was dealt a bad hand with the matchup in the Rockets, I feel like Robertson was dealt the perfect matchup against James Harden. He guards him better than anybody. But Andre gets lit by more athletic wings that he's has to guard the more upper echelon guys along the lines of harden that are quicker than harden faster than harden and even harden would just blow by him at times mm-hmm. so while while you're paying for an elite defensive player which andre is it's not like he's shutting down clay thompson you know like i think there's a lot of guys in the league that he struggles to guard that are their number one options so i i just cannot imagine myself paying that but i do think andrew everyone i've talked to I think they're matching whatever whatever he gets. Now I don't. Yes. I don't think someone's going to offer him twenty million. They're going to match it, but I think every bit of fifteen, sixteen, maybe around there. Yeah, I think they'll match too. It's just a conundrum, and he just is as a player, as a potential contract. It's just really it's difficult to know what 
what they should do because he they drop off a cliff defensively without him. But also, they cannot maximize Russell Westbrook on the offensive end with him as a wing or a guard. Like you just can't do it. He's he's a space eater. He doesn't he doesn't help at all. He destroys one side of the floor if he's just standing there. Uh, if he's like a four on offense, I think that's a lot more helpful. He's obviously if he can play five on offense, that's way way better for the Thunder, and they proved that last season in the playoffs. But man, he it, it is tough. I think they should keep him. But there are a lot of problems whenever you basically have to have everybody else on the floor be able to be an effective score. And the Thunder don't have that. And so that's why they desperately need to go get somebody that can score, like an Eric Bledsoe that can create off the dribble, or a Gallinari that can shoot spot-ups and create foul shots, or a Nick Batum that can shoot threes and create on the pick-and-roll. They need somebody else that can have the ball in their hands and do something. Because uh, mm. Victor Oladipo didn't show that he could do that this season. Uh, Sam acted like he was going to be more of like a lead guard next year. I'm very skeptical of that. But why would you not go to that this season and then go to it next season? Uh, I mean, they barely tried it. They tried it for one playoff game and barely gave him a chance to do it. I don't know. I'm I'm extremely skeptical of that. Yeah, I thought. It was obvious to everyone they should have done that sooner. You can't play Norris Cole and Samaj Kristen in the playoff game. You just can't do it. Uh, but I was disappointed in how Victor played. Now, it was just one game, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I was. It's kind of funny. You look at Victor's statistics, and he basically had the same numbers he had in Orlando, and even better from three. Mm-hmm. But in a way, I, I was disappointed in him. I, you know, when they, when they got him, what did we all talk about? We were like, man, this is going to be some – when him and Russell in the same backcourt, it's going to be this dynamic, terrorizing defense. They're going to be mm-hmm. flying around. Like, Oladipo didn't play that way at all. Like, now he plays solid defense, but I was expecting a little bit more of a defensive presence and way more athleticism. You know, we saw these 360 dunks he was doing. Like, I thought he was like mini Russell, and mm-hmm. he wasn't even close to playing <laughs> like that athletic on the floor. So what is he? Is he a three-point shooter? Well, he, he shot he shot better from three. Is he an athletic wing? Well, I mean, I we saw he had a, he had a he probably had dunk of the year, I guess, in the, in the NBA, but he didn't do it yeah. very often. No. So I just I question his where he goes from here, and maybe he's still figuring it out. But I was a little disappointed in, in his uh, production this season. I was too. And if and if what we were expecting was a 3 and D player, I think that the Thunder got a really good one. Uh, but we were expecting a dynamic ball handling 3 and D player that could get to the bucket and dunk and all this stuff and the Thunder just didn't get that. So that makes that makes it really, that makes it tough on him cuz he did have a successful season, but the way that we grade him, I think is more of like a C year or a D year because he just we're we're just always wanting more. I mean, that's, that would be the kind of the definition of his season to me is that I wanted more. I wanted to see more, and the Thunder didn't get that. Yeah, and I, he obviously suffered a, a wrist injury on his shooting hand. I don't want to mm-hmm. gloss over. That is a, a factor. He missed some games. Yeah. Um, same with Cantor, man. Like Brian and I were talking about it the other day. Like When he broke his arm, the Thunder were absolutely rolling. Yep. Cantor would exactly. look like the sixth man of the year. He was mm-hmm. passing the ball. like He was dominating. And the Thunder never quite got back to where they were free mm-hmm. arm break. I think that was a big, big turning point in the season for, for Oklahoma City. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to talk about one more thing. Uh, Jawan Evans out of Oklahoma State, you know a lot about Jawan. You have your own 
uh, OSU podcast, Pistols Firing podcast. You should check it out. If you're a college fan, college basketball, college football, really college anything, Pistols Firing is a great podcast. Uh, but Jawan Evans, I think that he would be a great fit as a backup point guard, and that he will be in that range. Some They have him going in the late 20s. The Thunder have the 21st pick. I think that I think he'd be a great fit. What are your thoughts on Jawan as a potential member of the Thunder? He Samaj Kristen makes Jawan Evans look like Chris Paul on steroids. <laughs> I mean, he is he is obviously an NBA talent. That was readily obvious the second you watched him play at OSU. I question how well he can finish against bigs in the NBA. He really struggled doing that at the college level. Whenever Whenever OSU played a team with a big who was a good shot blocker, even even Oklahoma, they had a couple in, in Kadeem Latin and uh, Jamani McNeese. He really struggled in both games against those guys with their length and their athleticism. So that'll be obviously something he has to work on. But man, just from a, a creation standpoint, the way he's able to create up off the dribble, his handles remind me a lot of Chris Paul. His passing ability reminds me a lot of Chris Paul. Uh, he would be a fantastic uh, draft pick because obviously they they totally whiffed uh, on Cameron Payne, who who apparently mm-hmm. has been in the D League since going to Chicago. Yep. But but uh, no, I would love to see them them draft Jawan. I think he'd be a, a big help. I just I worry about him finishing at the rim, and I worry about him in the playoffs. Will you will you even be able to play him next year in the playoffs as a rookie? That's that's a question. But whoever they draft, obviously that's a that's a question as well. But I I wouldn't mind seeing that. Obviously for the local standpoint, I'd really like it. Yeah, no, I I think he'd be a slam dunk pick. I think that I think that he could play. I mean, if they're playing guys like Norris Cole and Samaj in the playoffs and giving them a shot, uh, I think that he can come in and create his own shot. He can get others involved. You're right about finishing at the rim and really even passing over bigger guys has been some somewhat of an issue for him. Uh, but I think that he can figure it out. He's gonna if they do keep in his canter around. I mean, the, what better pick and roll partner for a young guy than to have this guy who can catch everything, finish around the rim, pick and pop. I mean, I think that that would be a great fit. Uh, so I'm 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 all on board the Juwan Evans to the Thunder trade. I don't I don't know if Sam Presti even would want him. He's he doesn't stick out as a thunder type player to me and that he doesn't have like elite size. He's not like super long. He doesn't jump out of the gym or anything like that. So that worries me a little bit, but I think the thunder need to move. I I just watched the jazz yesterday afternoon. I'm just like, man, they have so many guys that just know how to play. Like they just have so many high IQ guys and the thunder just really lack that Uh, guys that can sit there and, and pass the ball, like Rodney hood and Joe Ingles and Boris Diaw, like all those guys, know how to move the ball, they can all shoot, they can all run like a decent pick-and-roll action. The Thunder just need more guys like that. They've got a lot of athletes, but they have a lot of athletes that are learning how to play. Uh, and they and they went and got Sabonis last season, and he's one of those guys. He's a guy like a Boris Diaw, and I think that he'll be a, a similar type player to him. Uh, but the Thunder need more guys. They need more guys that know how to play, and I think that Evans is a guy that knows how to play the game. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't really fit uh, the mold. You know, Sam wants guys with freakish uh, wingspans, obviously freakish athleticism. He always finds that first and foremost. I think that's part of the problem with the current roster is they have a lot of athletes. They don't have a lot of guys who can put the round sphere in the circular cylinder. You know, (laughs) at times it looked like they were shooting a square ball into a a cylinder. It just that just. It couldn't get 
find guys who can score. So I think he has to kind of balance that a little better, and maybe he will. But obviously he thought he was getting that in Cameron Payne, right. what, uh, what uh, Jawan Evans will be. So maybe that would be uh, a replacement player for, for Cam Payne since that didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, Carson, thanks for coming on the show today. We can follow you on Twitter at K-O-C-O. Carson, always a great follow when it comes to Thunder stuff. Obviously, uh, you'll be covering draft stuff and stuff with local sports and OU and OSU. So go check out Carson there and watch him locally at KOCO5. Carson, anything else to plug? Uh, I have a question for you. Okay. Ennis Cantor, Andre Robertson, they on the roster game one? I'll say Robertson, yes. Cantor, no. I would agree. Yeah. Now, uh, Andre Robertson's going to be swimming in gold like Scrooge McDuck. (laughs) He will. And bricking free throws. Bricking those free throws (laughs) and taking up space on the perimeter. (laughs) Uh, Andrew, thanks for having me on, man. It was good to be be back and uh, have me on anytime. Thank you, Carson. (laughs) 